0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, Been gone for a week here, uh, getting uh, some R&R, but happy to be back with Joe Cook, InsideTexas.com beat reporter, follows uh, the horns in every single sport. Uh, Joe, unlike me, the Longhorns were busy last week uh, on the field to play, winning a national championship in golf, advancing now to the uh, semifinals in women's college softball, as well as uh, the baseball team last night won their regional and head off to the super regional. What's next for the Longhorns uh, in uh, sports right now, as as it sits, I guess. What what's going on?
1: Well, uh, today you got the softball team. I think they play at, at six or maybe earlier than that. Uh, they play, I believe, an elimination game uh, with a spot in the college women's college world series finals on the line. Uh, took care of business last night against Arizona. Uh, got sent, to the, uh to, got sent to the loser's bracket uh, as a result of Oklahoma. Uh, but they've played really well. I think they're the only, un, you know, they're one of three Big 12 teams to make the final four in softball. They were the, I think they were the only three teams to make the tournament from the Big 12 in softball. So Mike White's got some good stuff going on. You mentioned the national championship in golf last week. Uh, that was fun to watch. The Cootie brothers, uh, Vic, Noam. All those guys just just played their their butts off and uh, made it happen for the the program's fourth national title. And then yeah, like you mentioned, Texas they, they made it through uh, the the Austin regional probably without playing their best baseball. Uh, Pete Hansen was was good but not great against Air Force on on Friday. Uh, but the Texas offense was really effective against Paul Skeens, who's got some you know first first round early round stuff. Uh, against Louisiana Tech same thing with Lucas Gordon you know wasn't his best but was effective the bats again showed up it took them a little bit but they showed up Uh, and Tristan Stevens you know one of the easily the more likable players on this team he's a guy who basically he could throw till his arm falls off and he wouldn't care as long as it's for the the burnt orange team then yesterday uh, just needed to win one game uh, four seed Air Force made it all the way to the regional final. I think the only four seed in a in a very wild uh, NCAA tournament so far to to make it to the regional final. Texas scored five in the first, uh, used a bullpen day, and pretty mo- the the erratic bullpen was anything but erratic. Uh, you got a great start from Travis Staley, three innings. Uh, you got a great relief from Jared Southerd, Andre Duplantier, and then the only run came in the in the ninth inning off of LeBaron Johnson. And by that point, um, the game was decided. Everybody kind of knew Texas was moving on. They await the winner of Coastal Carolina and East Carolina today to figure out where they're going to play. Uh, but by that point, it became kind of a really cool moment for uh, hosting Air Force. You know, I think uh, uh, I think under the previous presidential administration, some of the rules that allowed, uh, you know, maybe a star football player or athlete from a service academy to go and uh, fulfill their requirement while still playing in a professional sports league. I think they were altered um, to where it's really tough to do that. Um, and, of course, only one of these players, Paul Skeens, who's not even going to be draft eligible till next year, is good enough to go on. So for all these Air Force players, uh, this, is, this was their last baseball game. And there was over, I think over 8,000 at UFCU Falk Field. Uh, one of the biggest, uh, biggest crowds for second biggest crowd for a college baseball game ever. And they were very, very gracious and supportive of all the different air force seniors who, who came up and, and made their last plays, you know, pitched their final inning had their last at bat. Uh, it was really, you know, you, you wish that LeBaron Johnson doesn't groove a, fastball to Braden Altorfer, but it's pretty cool to see a, an opposing player hit a home run, made it 10 one uh, round the bases, and then get a cheer from most of the crowd because they knew it was his last at bat. A lot of these players last games. And the also cool thing, you know, I used to think that, uh, you know, we hear when army Navy week and all that about singing second. And that's the, that's the cool thing is that if you win army Navy, you know, let's say Army wins. Navy will go sing their school song and then they go and then the cadets go and celebrate and sing uh, the, the Army school song. Well, I noticed this in April when Air Force played their two here. And I noticed this again the other night. So they have the handshake line, they go through. And then whenever they come over to sing the Eyes of Texas, the Air Force uh, airmen are all standing right there behind them. Uh, So it's not just a service academy thing. Uh, It was a, a uh, it's a, it's a thing that these guys do. And uh, the air forces head coach, uh, Mike, because coach Kaz, uh, I forget what his, uh, uh, Mike Kozlowski, um, you know, these guys are at when the national Anthem is playing before the game, they're all standing at attention and saluting. Like all these guys are going into the military and he brought his, Uh, eight seniors I believe and all of them were going to be fighter pilots except for one who was going to be a surgeon Uh, and they were all extremely gracious extremely grateful Uh, they said hey you know if we wanted to this was their first NCAA tournament appearance since 1969 so they wanted to move on but they were just they were honestly glad to get where they got to and uh, it was a very you know unique thing to see at the dish uh, in the midst of all the celebration about moving on to the next round for Texas, There's a lot of cool stuff going on, and now they uh, they watch today, probably hanging out at the dish and uh, watching you know, Coastal Carolina and East Carolina to determine if they play at home in Austin this upcoming weekend or if they head to Greenville uh, to play the Pirates. So, so if if Coastal, correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding
0: is if Coastal Carolina wins this matchup against East Carolina, then Texas hosts the Super Regional. Correct. If East Carolina wins then Texas
1: goes to East Carolina. Is that, is that accurate? Correct. East Carolina was a number eight overall national seed. Texas was number nine. So uh, if, if, if the pirates take care of business today, the they'll be going to, I think it's Clark LeCurk field, which I don't know if you've seen any videos of it, but it's been a, it's been a madhouse. It's not some 2000 seat bandbox. I think they can hold about four or five and it's been holding four or five and maybe even six and, from everything I read from some of the college baseball people I follow, it can get pretty rowdy over in East Carolina. So, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be in Texas' best interest to probably play that at the dish and get 8,000 out there again this weekend. But, you know, if they have to go on the road, they've, they've played a bunch of road games. I mean, they played at South Carolina. Uh, th- that was a good environment. Heck, that midweek game at UTRGV, There were over 4,500, 5,000 people there. And a lot of them were wearing burnt orange, not, what is it, Vaquero orange. But still, they've been in these environments. Uh, A lot of these guys have played at A&M. A lot of these guys have played in Omaha. So, you know, this will be, like I said, if they have to go on the road, it's not something they're not accustomed to, but they would prefer to be at home. Circling back to something you mentioned earlier, uh, and that's the, the
0: camaraderie or the sportsmanship you see out of the Air Force team. One of the things I found interesting yesterday was the players, some of the Air Force players came out early uh, and were playing catch with kids in the stands, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and doing that before in the pregame. I thought that was something you don't see from a lot of visitors uh to to uh the confines of dish fog so hey um wanted to step away from baseball for a minute we'll we'll be watching the the results of that some other things happening uh in the world of football these days uh last week we find out uh that a m is going to host the first uh texas texas a m uh, rematch i guess and they beat their chest a little bit about it um strangely I, i have to say because you know, whatever reason, I just don't get it. But um, it's almost like their, their idea of winning is to one-up the Longhorns and not necessarily winning. Um, my question to you on that is something, I know you got a chance to speak briefly with Chris Del Conte on Thursday of last week, the Texas Athletic Director, as well as Jay Hartzell, the president of the university. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on on that situation and what did they have to say about the move to the SEC at this point?
1: at least as far as a and m i I think you saw the reaction over on inside texas and basically from anybody is it was like okay i you know i I don't think wherever that first game was was that big of a deal um i think uh, what it does is it, it keeps the odd year you know tradition of it being played in college station even years played in austin uh that that makes sense i don't think anybody's upset about that I think everybody just kind of looked at it and goes okay that's fine whatever um but the point you did make was that it says when it's in 2025 um and talking with Chris Del Conte talking with Jay Hartzell uh that, that's all they they really can say publicly I mean we've we've written about this on Inside Texas them Oklahoma they're trying to make the move earlier uh they know that it, it's in their best interest to make that move earlier they can't publicly hint at that at all, or else the Big Twelve uh, and I—I I don't know who else—but they're going to be putting papers to the the tower and in in, in uh, at, or at DKR at Belmont at Gaylord Memorial Stadium. They're, they'll be bringing papers to them uh, if they mention anything earlier than July first, twenty twenty-five. So uh, Jay Hartzell had a really great line. He said, "You know, it's like." He didn't really want to talk about SEC stuff at all because he said it's like what it's like planning. You tell your wife uh, you're not happy and then you, you keep on going and talk, start telling her about her next date or something like that. So um, they, they didn't really want to talk that much about it. Uh, understandably so. I think throughout that whole Texas fight tour that they went on in May, Christo Conte and, and uh, various coaches, including Steve Sarkeesian. They just know they have to keep saying 2025 because any deviation from that, at least publicly and on the record, it'll it, it, it'll cause more problems than they have already right now. So, um, you know, they, they they were focused on Big 12 stuff. Uh, I think uh, at least when I was there on Wednesday and Thursday it was like a branding meeting. Um, and, you know, the, the the conference has to figure out how to welcome four new members, uh, has to figure out how they're going to replace Bob Bolsby. They, I don't think much of it now. At least that's what Cristo Conte and, and Jay Hartzell said publicly, and I'm sure uh, Joseph or Her, Her, Heroes, I forget his first name, the president of OU, Joe Castiglione. Uh, there was not a whole lot of you know probably friendly banter among among OU and Texas, and then the rest of the Big Twelve. But as far as that move, you know, I I, I exchanged texts with a guy who who also covers a lot of realignment stuff. And he asked me, are you going there just to make sure, you know, they don't say the divorce is final. And I said, yeah, that, that's pretty much what it was. And, you know, there's, there's still, the divorce is not final. Obviously they're still going and uh, we're going to, it's going to be something that'll probably linger into big 12 media days and SEC media days next month. And it'll be weird. They're going to give a bunch of non-answers and we'll have to roll with that until something, something big happens. I think that's kind of the next domino of the fall is it'll happen when it happens, or it'll be announced when it's announced. There's that's when, whenever, whenever that may be. Uh, Joe,
0: uh, InsideTexas.com still reporting uh, myself, as well as Eric Naleen, the publisher of Inside Texas, reporting that uh, the Longhorns still expected to join the SEC in 2024. I know that's not what uh, either uh, Jay Hartzell or, Uh, uh, Chris Del Conte are saying at this point but that's still the expectation on our end Uh, so we'll have to see how that plays out uh, over time in other news uh, Jerry Hamilton our uh, recruiting expert at Inside Texas just put in a uh, uh, a RPM pick for Jonte Cook the DeSoto wide receiver to set select Texas Cook uh, uh, consensus number one receiver in the state by many I, I guess I don't know if he is the consensus number one or not. I'd have to go back and check it. But uh, the Soto wide receiver visited Ole Miss over the weekend. A number of other prospects uh, that Texas is recruiting visited other schools, including a couple uh, at OU, Colton Vosick, Jaquez Petaway, Makari Vickers. Some guys like that were at OU this weekend uh, as well. Sadir Mitchell, the big defensive lineman out of New Jersey, was at AM. Um, You know, as we look in this and, and you've dealt with uh, – uh, not only um, not only the uh, baseball team and uh, covering the golf and all those other guys, the football team now we're, we're a couple of weeks away, really, from a host of official visits, right mm-hmm. for for the uh, for the coaching staff. Uh, June is a big month; they've lined it up. Uh, anything you're hearing in that regard that's
1: of interest uh, that fans may want to know? No, I think it's just kind of. Uh, you you talked about the the official visits being later this month I think that's because at this point they're running camps Um, I'm just you know I was just looking over the calendar I think over uh, the 10th 11th 12th or something like that they've they've got a bunch of camps going on Uh, you know so they're they're bringing in kids and this is also this isn't just uh, for Texas prospects I mean regular high schooler could could pay the whatever is it seventy dollars and go to these uh, and they're not just getting looked at and, and coached by Texas coaches. Uh, you know, I know coaches from D1, D2, JUCOs who, who come to uh, camps at the University of Texas in order to get their eyes on some prospects. So um, basically right now, it's just, you know, they're, they're putting their eggs in the uh, end of month uh, basket, I guess, for hosting official visits. Then um, July, for most of the uh, month of July, it's a dead period. Uh, I think until like the very last week of July, and then another, and then as, as soon as the calendar turns to August, it's another dead period. But by that point, fall camp will be starting. So um, I think you're seeing a lot of these visits to other schools happening just because Texas is putting most of theirs, uh, putting most of their visits either maybe in the midweek when those camps aren't going on for some prospects. Or they're just trying to focus toward that end of June. I think that you know the 19th and the looking at my calendar, 17, 18th, and 24, 25th, those two weekends. While uh, the this past weekend, I think they had some camps. This upcoming weekend, they'll have some camps. Kind of splitting the month in two. Uh, so uh, we we I think we had it tracked over there on on inside Texas about some from Jerry about a lot of the prospects seeing elsewhere. Of course, the big one was was Arch seeing Georgia. Uh, this this past weekend, along with Jalen Hale and a lot of other members of, of Georgia's uh, 2023 class. So uh, still two more visits to go, Bama and Texas. And then we'll we'll find out uh, maybe maybe in short order where the consensus number one prospect in 2023 is going to be headed.
0: Yeah, the arch sweepstakes is in. It's it's currently they're in sweeps right now, I guess, is the, the, the TV term. Right. Uh, trying to figure out what's going on. I I do want to add one thing to that, uh, and I didn't mention it. Uh, Sarkeesian, as well as a couple of Texas assistant coaches, were also at other camps. Uh, A little bit of a, it's something that Tom Herman did a little bit of, but he never did it in state. So he would go to a camp out in California or a camp in in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, But uh, Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian at the U of H camp on Saturday, I believe, and then the SMU camp briefly. On Sunday, uh, so Longhorn coach is not afraid to uh, go to where the prospects are. I, I think that's an interesting one. I, I will have Jerry Hamilton on uh, later this week to talk about the Jonte Cook uh, pick and why he made that. Uh, why he made that pick. Also, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some other recruiting stuff that's coming up this week because it's it's huge and it's where the Longhorns are going. Um, all right. For Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this week's edition of all right, this week's this today's edition of On Texas Football. We'll be looking forward to that uh, to the Texas softball team's result today, uh, and then also uh, what happens between Coastal Carolina and East Carolina that determines what happens with the Longhorn baseball team. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. This has been On Texas Football.